0: I'm Alistair Stevens. I'm Elizabeth Ray. And Tom Cruise is Woody in Losing It. All art is necessarily a product of its time and its place. It is a product of its society. It is a product of the topology of its cultural landscape. This is true of all art. It's particularly true of comedy. Because comedy demands an interaction with the boundaries of society. Comedy has to observe or subvert or satirize those boundaries. It has to look at who we are and what we are and when we are and find the discontinuities, find the disjunctions, find the oppositions contained within that. Which is why comedy ages so terribly, terribly badly. (laughs) I've been thinking a lot in this last week since watching 1983's Losing It, About Parks and Recreation, the 2010s sitcom from NBC, which was nothing less than a cultural phenomenon, was nothing less than a machine for generating memes and catchphrases (laughs) and and memorable images through those years. And I've been thinking with some affection and with some sadness about how terribly dated that show is now, Mm -hmm. about how terribly unfunny most of that show is now. It is a product of our starry-eyed Obama years. It was a product Mm. of an America that thought that we had fixed it all. Mm. And in the years since Parks and Rec, it has been, sadly, proved to us over and again that we have not, Mm. that those battles were never finished, those wars were never won. So now it feels unbearably naive. Now it feels unbearably Pollyanna-ish, particularly, exclusively, perhaps, with regard to its treatment of politics. And that's the thing about comedy, is that comedy can spear different targets. It can find different discontinuities in our social fabric. There are comedies from the 1930s, 40s, 50s, which are still funny. because of like the, Exactly, right? His Girl Friday, mm-hmm. which are recognizing boundaries which are still in existence. His Girl Friday is still funny, Because we haven't figured out men and women working together in the workplace. We haven't figured out sexual chemistry and professional jealousy. Mm. So that still works. But there are other films that perhaps haven't aged so well. And we don't need to mount a defense for those films. We don't need to try to reclaim all of that comedy. We don't need, like, white guy comedian Twitter to pretend that what was funny will be funny forever. We can understand that jokes exist in a moment. And when that moment has gone... It has taken the joke with it.
1: Yeah. Animal House can go die in the corner. That's okay. Exactly
0: right. Mm-hmm. So many, in fact, you've given us a lovely bridge there to sex comedies, mm-hmm. to teen sex comedies of the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, a kind of resurgence in the late 90s, though that postmodern American pie inflection, I think is something oh, God. fundamentally mm-hmm. different in mm-hmm. a really interesting way. But these films were turned out by the bucket load, by the dozen, because they were incredibly cheap and they were incredibly safe bets sure here is a light-hearted plot structure it's maybe going to have a song it's Was maybe a gonna plot have structure <laughs> to these films in general or are you thinking of one specific example
1: one specific example but these films in general i feel like tend to be pretty pretty low on plot
0: pretty low on plot but mm. a really elemental structure it's yeah. it's Boy meets girl. Boy loses girl. There's sure. a big misunderstanding. We reconvene in the end. It's it's maybe the a musical last number. party
1: of gradu- after exactly graduation. Exactly right. Or, and, yes.
0: and take that simplicity. Take that elementalism. Take that narrative force and add the possibility of breasts. <laughs> add the possibility of some casual nudity. And baby, you can take that movie to the bank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that brings us, I suppose, to 1983's Losing It, directed by yes. Curtis Hansen. Elizabeth I'm not going to ask you for a poised considered opinion on this film just yet I'm saving that for the end sure. but can you give us in just a word or two your raw reaction to sitting through this 1 hour and 40 minute film
1: This stinks <laughs>
0: It's a I did ask for a word or two Bad movie
1: it's <laughs> yeah. just not good yeah I it's funny because a lot of times they say well of course this wasn't so good but or of course that wasn't so good but but I don't think there's a but here
0: There are several buts here oh <laughs> we get a locker room scene early on
1: oh that's right we did get a little bit of boy butt early on mm-hmm. that's good i expected a little bit more of that this movie was not sexy i thought that it might have some sexiness to the sex comedy but I there really wasn't
0: think that teen sex comedies have maybe never been sexy uh it's possible that hmm. what is sexy and titillating for that audience is just not
1: i suppose sufficient
0: right. or sophisticated yeah for an adult audience no although i have to say even when i was a kid i didn't really like teen sex comedies yeah when i wanted that like titillation when i wanted that outrageous i was lucky i came of age in the late 1980s and into the early 1990s so i had you know erotic thrillers oh yeah, i didn't have to go to beach blanket bingo or whatever i got to go to basic instinct and sharon stone (laughs) which explains a lot about how i turned out now that i think about it
1: very different energies.
0: Did you have a fondness for the late '90s sex comedies? You're just a couple of years younger than I am.
1: Yeah, I, I, I have to say, because I am a couple of years younger than you are, I remember some in in the late '90s, early 2000s. Like, I remember can't hardly wait. Kind of had a little bit of that vibe. Like, it's, that's where I went for the whole like uh, high last school. Day of school graduation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But it had a. L- it was kind of closer to the like the teenage romantic comedies, like um, she's all that, which I really loved. Sure. That was not a sex comedy. But I think Can't Hardly Wait might qualify.
0: There is a little bit of overlap there. Can't yeah. Hardly Wait was ninety eight, so that's the same year okay. as there's something about Mary. It's around the same time as Which American Pie, but it's around. We're yeah. kind of moving into like gross See, out comedies. And that's the
1: thing, yeah. As I think that I was young enough that my parents still had sufficient control over what I did and did not watch <laughs> that I missed a lot of those because that would have put me in about like eighth grade.
0: That's an interesting prerequisite for the rise and success of teen sex comedies is that they come along with the advent of independent teenagers in the 1950s who can go to a movie theater or much more often go to a drive-in yeah as we interestingly witnessed in the outsiders last week we had a couple of of body teen sex comedies beach comedies right up there on the screen when uh the outsiders go to the drive-in yeah so i think it requires a certain amount of of privacy a certain Mm -hmm. amount of of separation between authority figures and independent teens in order to like get that that titillating environment sure
1: like maybe if my parents had hbo i would have seen more of this stuff but we just happened sure so yeah now i really enjoy adult sex comedies like i really like uh what we watched forgetting sarah marshall um sex tape was fine and fun if not great sure uh i think we're always looking for them sleeping with other people i loved
0: sleeping with other people is one of my favorite romantic comedies of the last 20 years i think that 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 film is terrific no.
1: I don't I think wouldn't. so either.
0: This is the interesting consequence of your Judd Apatow school of comedy, though, mm-hmm. through the 2010s in particular, is that sex has been reframed as something that is titillating, yes, as something that can potentially be like a little bit scandalous, a little bit outre, but is also anchored in like male insecurity.
1: Sure. Two of the films that you just mentioned, yeah.
0: forgetting Sarah Marshall, which we must, of course, overlook the Russell Brand of it all, who is oh. so terrible in that film anyway, mm-hmm. and sex tape. In both instances, you're talking about Jason Segel, a man yeah. who is not afraid to show his penis for comedic effect. Yes,
1: yeah, and who is not sexy.
0: <laughs> who is not sexy <laughs> and
1: trying to be but sexy? It's brilliant yeah. in both, brilliant both of those And, films, is, and is comedy. <laughs>
0: yeah. This is going to be a weird diversion, but I spent a lot of time lately just thinking about his Dracula penis? puppet musical. Oh. <laughs> No, I could see, you know, two roads diverged in the yellow wood <laughs> and I took the penis less traveled by. No, his Dracula puppet musical from the yeah. end of Forgetting Sarah Marshall oh, is so, so good. unnecessarily stupid. Br- it, it makes me mad yeah. that it's so inessential to that film and it's so good.
1: I have heard that that's how he got the Muppet movie. It makes basically. nothing but sense. Like, right. It makes
0: nothing but sense to me. I have a huge affection for Jason Siegel for obvious reasons. Let's get into the trailer game, shall we? Oh, the trailer game. Yes, yes. I would yes. like nothing okay. more than for you to give me a brief, pricey, an overview sure. on what this film is.
1: Okay. The year is 1950-something. Or maybe it's 1960-something. Who can tell? Everyone's dressed in cardigans, though, and the boys' buttons go all the way up. Woody's pretty girlfriend just won't give it up, so he and his friends have to steal money, take the hot 57 Bel Air, and travel all the way to Tijuana for the ladies. And by the ladies, (laughs) I do mean the ones you have to pay for. We have Woody, Tom Cruise, Dave, Jerry Lewis. <laughs> Spider. Looks like he could be one of those army hammer looking guys. And Wendell the Wimp, who is a kid I've seen in many things. Also, Pedro Pascal looking guy as the cop from Mexico. <laughs> and of course, everyone's favorite, Shelley Long, the sexiest girl that ever sexed, coming down to take Tom Cruise's virginity. This summer,
0: we're losing amazing
1: thanks amazing thanks
0: possibly too good <laughs> jerry lewis in the sense that he too wants to be frank sinatra yes, yes. complete with awful hat which we can be very awful. pleased ended up in a trash can right at the end of the film oh my god in our very necessary epilogue look we're all having fun here well mm. at least we're having fun i have no idea how the listeners are feeling right now <laughs> let's lay our cards on this table this film is not good. It is oh, not, no. I think, without merit. It is, in some ways, kind of charming. It has some Ooh. good things about okay. it, but those good things are anchored by a lot of very, very, very bad things. Yeah, it is. It
1: has a great car.
0: It has a great that car. That
1: Fifty-seven Bel Air is hot.
0: I'm gonna say I think it has a couple of great performances. I think Tom Cruise is delightful in this film. Tom Cruise film. is I think pretty Shelley Wong delightful. It's terrific. I think oh, their yeah. whole plot. I'm there for it. I yeah, love it. I don't yeah, love it. I do like I it. it. I don't love like it. Maybe it's only in contrast to everything else the that trash. is going on. Yeah. yeah. I
1: think anytime they are sincere together, they're lovely, mm-hmm. really adorable. But Shelley Long, playing for comedy is just so ridiculous to me that is not your favorite energy it is not no when she's like in the fountain and stuff like when she the more she's hamming it up for the camera the more i just feel like covering my face with my hands you know i can see that it's a lot yeah Yeah. but i do think that tom cruise is darling
0: before we get to the cast in depth let's talk a little about the director of this film because wow what a story (laughs) curtis hansen is a working writer and director who gets his start in 1970 working on an adaptation of hb love Lovecraft's story, The Dunwich Horror, which is one of my favorite Lovecrafts. He directs a handful of films kind of on the periphery of success, including losing it through the 1980s. But in the 1990s, his fortunes begin to turn. First, he directs in 1990, the infamous movie Bad Influence, starring Rob Lowe and James Spader, both Beloved of this parish in the sense that they have appeared in previous Tom Cruise films.
1: And I liked them. This
0: is the film that they're in pre-production for when Rob Lowe's infamous sex tape
1: breaks. (gasps) I'm going to break your brain by telling Mm -hmm. you I did not know that Rob Lowe had a sex tape.
0: This is before sex tapes were both ubiquitous and widely accepted, particularly because this is Rob Lowe in a threesome with two young ladies, (gasps) one of whom it turned out was a very young lady. Uh Uh-oh. Namely, a 16-year-old.
1: Oh, that is bad. But he was how
0: old? He would have been coming on to 30. Yes.
1: Oh, that's really yes. bad. It, I wish I didn't know. It
0: did huge damage to his career. It should. He really did. Unexpectedly, perhaps, for the year 1990, he really did take a hit oh, and damn. had to do a lot of legwork to kind of restore his public persona. Yeah. This is also while he is battling alcoholism and drug yeah. addiction at the same time, as I so many of the Brat Pack did. did. yeah. But that's the story of that film, is that basically Bad Influence is recognized as a sleazy, ugly, little, little noir thriller yeah. that did not get its recognition, because the Rob Lowe of it all yeah. overshadowed what was happening. In 1992, though, Curtis gets another swing at bat, and this time it works. This time his career takes off because he directs The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. <gasps> I've heard of that. Featuring Rebecca de Mornay as a, a sexy, sexy femme fatale. Pretty
1: sexy femme fatale, yeah. That's yeah. what
0: you want Rebecca de Mornay to yes. do. And The Hand That Rocks the Cradle is the distillation of that. It is really, I'll have to watch this is it. all the de Mornay that you need.
1: Is that also like a wee bit spooky? Does that count for spooky season?
0: No. It, well, I mean, it's spooky in the sense that it's it's a thriller. It's not supernatural. That movie makes $140 million off of an $11 million budget.
1: Well and done, Curtie Hansen.
0: We're off to the races at that point. In 1994, Hanson directs The River Wild with Meryl Streep and Kevin Bacon, which feels like a film you must have seen.
1: It isn't, but it does sound familiar again. This is all like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that movie, but I've never seen it. No, I
0: guess this is still fairly early 90s. So this is still you're you're, you're 10 years old when The River Wild comes out. (laughs) That movie makes $95 million off of a $45 million budget, but crucially gets awards recognition for the first time mm. from the Golden Globes and the first-ever SAG Awards, which took place in 1995. Ooh. Then, in 1997, Hansen adapts and directs a film that I know you have seen, an adaptation of a grimy, nasty, little noir-inflected James Elroy novel called L.A. Confidential.
1: Whoa, I love L.A. Confidential. Okay, Same okay. Same guy. That's impossible. Isn't it? Wow. Okay.
0: This is the absolute peak of Hanson's career. He is nominated for Best Director at the Academy Awards and wins alongside his co-writer Brian Hagland, for Best Adapted Screenplay. The movie is also nominated for Best Picture, Best Art Direction, Best Cinematography, Best Editing, Best Score, and Best Sound, and of course, for Best Supporting Actress, which Kim Basinger wins. Kim Basinger. Dang. LA Confidential, you guys.
1: LA Confidential is is great. It is ugly
0: nasty, brutal film. It is. Kevin Spacey is there. I
1: feel like we have to do warnings for although he plays basically himself, (laughs) it turns out.
0: It's very much that that late 90s Kevin Spacey era where everyone understood that he worked as a villain and we hadn't yet tried to rehabilitate Mm. his public persona in that same way. Basinger is of course incredible. Guy Short Pierce guy. is guy phenomenal. Pierce, shut up, so good. I am less hot on Russell Crowe in that film than like other people him. are, but I, yeah. I understand. Danny DeVito, Danny DeVito, an absolute masterclass. Yeah. in doing what Danny DeVito does. Yep. In that film,
1: plus uh, tall guy James James Cromwell. James Cromwell, you want to talk yeah. to me about
0: James Cromwell? I'll uh, <laughs> do it. <laughs> <laughs> It's yes. always a toss-up for me, whether I go with James Cromwell to Babe or I go to Star Trek First Contact.
1: Oh, of They're course. Cochran, the
0: inventor of the warp drive, sure. just in case you were wondering. <laughs> in 2000, Hanson directs an adaptation of Michael Chabon's novel Wonder Boys, starring Michael Douglas, Toby Maguire, yes. Francis McDormand, oh. Katie Holmes, Robert Downey Jr., Despite critical positivity, and like later say that
1: comes up all the time in film school. Yeah,
0: it, it is a critically hailed mm-hmm. film, people really love that. It was nominated for best adapted screenplay, best editing, best original song, but it didn't find an audience, earning 33 million on a budget of 55 million. Wow,
1: I haven't seen that one, but I would like to.
0: So you can see where this is going, right? <laughs> <I know>. it's, <laughs> it's perfectly obvious. He goes from making Losing It in 1983 uh-huh. to making so LA good. Confidential in 1997. So good. Kind of swings and misses on this high profile prestigious literary adaptation which you know the elroy was too lest we forget that was that was very high budget very prestigy so of course in 2002 he takes the inevitable next step and directs eight mile the thinly veiled autobiography of eminem
1: whoa and
0: of course it works it's his biggest hit off of a budget of 41 million the movie takes in 242 million worldwide Eminem wins Best Original Song at the Oscars. That's two Lose movies. Yourself,
1: right? That yeah, was, yeah. That's
0: it. Two Best Original Song wins in a row for Curtis Hansen. First for Bob Dylan for Things Have Changed from Wonder Boys, and then for Lose Yourself from Eminem. Wow. From there, Hansen directs the Cameron Diaz romantic comedy In Her Shoes, an adaptation of the, uh, yeah. yes, an mm-hmm. adaptation of the Jennifer Weiner novel of the same name. He writes and directs Lucky You, a 2007 drama mm. about professional poker players starring Eric Bana and Drew Barrymore. Hmm. It is the biggest bomb of his career.
1: Oh, I guess say, I haven't heard of that one. Maybe it it's
0: costs good. $55 million. It takes in eight. Ooh. Hansen then started production on Chasing Mavericks, a biopic of the surfer Jay Moriarty starring Jared Butler, but he had to leave the production on account of complications following heart surgery. Oh dear. He was 66 and shortly thereafter retired, having been diagnosed with dementia.
1: Oh how he sad. died
0: in 2016 at the age of 71. Wow. Most what a ride. directors are never going to touch a film as influential as LA Confidential. As, LA Confidential? as powerful, yeah. as pivotal yeah. as LA Confidential. I think if you if you make a list of the most important films of the latter half of the 1990s and you don't include LA Confidential, you are missing a trade. Yeah. I think that you are, you are missing your swing there.
1: Mm-hmm. I never would have expected that. This movie sucks. Everything about it sucks. <laughs> like you would not think that this guy goes on to do L.A. Confidential because the screenplay is bad, the cinematography is non-existent. There was one good shot. I don't know if we, if you even noticed one. But oh, I, noticed I think one. there was.
0: Anytime we have that car, anytime we have that fifty-seven Bel Air on the PCH, the movie looks gorgeous. Admittedly, oh, it's fine. that is in combination maybe twenty-five yes. seconds of the film.
1: Yeah, and, and that's not cinematography. That's a hot car on a hot road.
0: This is in many ways the bitter dark side to this notion of the author director right we are guilty here on this podcast we are all guilty in our criticism of film of attributing to the director every detail of the production and it's Mm -hmm. just not that simple in real life there are so many factors which can complicate a production great directors make terrible films terrible directors make great films
1: and also people learn and change and try something new which is great i would hope that they do I don't think I have ever heard worse sound than on this movie. Did you feel that it was just clangy and noisy the whole way through? Like I kept on wanting to turn it down and turn it down and turn it down.
0: This film has terrible sound. Right. The mix is blown out so badly. Horrible. The ADR is always oh my God, terrible. The ADR. And even when we have adr mm-hmm. there are certain sequences, particularly it's most notable when they're in the car near the beginning of the film. When the audio sounds as though it's it's muffled. It sounds as though they are they're talking inside a paper bag. So terrible. It's insane. But this is the thing about these teen sex comedies, is that they are cheap. This thing I was gonna was say, it was must made made for no, no money budget. shot yeah. fast.
1: There was no lighting discernible that it is I could not see.
0: a union picture. <laughs> Whoa. Many of the lower tier actors in this film were just locals that they hired for the production of this film. Wow.
1: Wow. Yeah. Okay. That so
0: tracks. this is a real bare bones ramshackle and you have production.
1: Long. Where is Shelley Long at in her career? Doing
0: Shelley this? Long is just breaking. She's no just way. about to do it. 1982. This is the thing about Shelley
1: Long is that she looks the exact same from like 1980 <laughs> to what? 2005. Dr- yeah, yeah. yeah. Just the same.
0: But she had really just gotten her start. It was around the time it's impossible to find in part because of its non union nature, the exact shooting dates for losing it. But this is right around the time. It's September of 82 that sees the first episode of Cheers.
1: Oh, wow. And that
0: is the thing that blows her career wide open. Of
1: course, as it should. Of course, that's the thing
0: for which she is still most famous. She's born in 1949 in Fort Wayne, Indiana. She goes to Northwestern, graduates Northwestern. She moves to Chicago. She joins Second City. And get some minor TV and commercial work in Chicago.
1: Perfect. Amy Puller was also a second yes, season, right? Amy I think was she seat. and Amy Puller have a lot of shared DNA. Big, they definitely seem like they came out of the same
0: big, nervy, frantic energy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> yes. Long moves to LA. She picks up a little film and TV work here and there, but then is, of course, hired as Diane Chambers on Cheers, where she shoots 122 episodes in Holy five goodness. years because we used to be a country. We used to be a country <laughs> yeah. that made things. 122 <laughs> episodes in five years, you guys. She comes back for the season finale in 1993 and plays Diane for four episodes of Frasier 2. Yes. She played Carol Brady in the 90s Brady Bunch (gasps) movies. Of
1: course she did.
0: Yeah. She has 88 credits on IMDb and is still working today. She is still working, in fact, so much that I have a game. Do you like to play a game with me about (laughs) Shelley Long?
1: (laughs) Okay, yes.
0: This is the Shelley Long movie title game. I am going to give you three movie titles. Two of them are real Shelley Long films, and one of them is fake. Can you find the fake one? Okay. Are All you right. ready? I'm ready. This is round one. Here are your three films. One of these films is fake. Pizza Man from 2011. The Dog Who Saved the Holidays from 2012. Or The Horse's Mouth from 2013. <laughs> Which one of those is fake?
1: Uh, I'm going to say The Horse's Mouth.
0: The horse's mouth, what is your basis for that decision?
1: The dog who saved the holidays is too on the nose. Mm -hmm. Pizza man is too boring. Okay. The horse's mouth sounds like the one that you created in your brain.
0: The right intersection of banal and outrageous. Okay. Yeah. The horse's mouth from 2013 is fake. Boom. Pizza man. This is less
1: How Well I Know Movies and more How
0: Well I Know You. Oh, that is a challenge. (laughs) I should have mixed this up a little bit. (laughs) Pizza man from 2011 involves a pizza delivery boy receiving superhuman strength upon ingesting a genetically altered tomato. Oh, Oh, does it star Frankie Muniz? Yes, it does. (laughs) Does it feature in cameo roles, both Adam West and Stan Lee? You'd better believe it. In 2011, you guys, we're making Marvel movies by that point.
1: Yeah, good ones.
0: Outrageous. The dog who saved the holidays, the tagline for this film, which I just lifted from IMDb without any alteration whatsoever because it is much funnier in its pure form. The Banisters are back with a new family edition. A mischievous pup named Eve watches everyone's favorite dog, Zeus, learns to love his new sister and take down some bumbling thieves. (laughs) everyone's favorite dog Zeus did you know that Zeus was your favorite he is he is he's your favorite dog okay one point up let's move into round two okay in round two here are your choices best man down from 2012 something borrowed something blue from 2009 or honeymoon with mom from 2006 which of those films is fake (laughs) the outrageous thing is that two of those films are real
1: yes yes (laughs) um best
0: man down something borrowed something blue or honeymoon with mom something borrowed something blue it's the fake one you know me too well <laughs> i do <laughs> best man down a newlywed couple cancels their honeymoon and returns to the snowy midwest to make the funeral arrangements for their best man who died unexpectedly <laughs> after their ceremony <laughs> that's amazing starring justin long Which tracks, honestly, in 2012. That makes sense. Uh Honeymoon with mom. When she's dumped at the altar, a young woman takes her mother on her intended honeymoon to a remote resort. Sure. Let's go. Sounds like bonding, doesn't it? (laughs) Okay. You're two for two. This is great. We only have two more rounds left to go. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Vanished without a trace. 1999. Ice dreams. 2009. May contain nuts. 2019. (laughs) Vanished without a trace. Ice dreams. Or may contain nuts.
1: Oh, God okay um, um ice dreams
0: ice dreams ice dreams you're suggesting is the fake one yes oh no that's the story where 14 years after a tragic accident former olympian figure skater amy clayton agrees to coach a young student she heals her trauma she teaches the kid how to okay. skate it's it's heartwarming may contain nuts was the obviously <laughs> fake answer nuts. i thought it was
1: too fake sounding
0: vanished without a trace <laughs> again i copied this per imdb yeah. without alteration because in this instance good god Quote, a woman simply refuses to accept the kidnapping of her 13-year-old daughter and relentlessly pursues the villain's capture.
1: Wow. What that a That does Karen. not sound like a
0: Shelley Just Long movie. Just simply <laughs> refusing to accept the kidnapping of your 13-year-old daughter. Okay, two to one. Can you close it out here? Okay, in round four, here we are. The Way Mama Used to Make in 2005, Falling in Love with the Girl Next Door from 2006, or Strawberry Summer. From 2012. Oh God! The way Mama used to make "Falling in Love with the Girl Next Door" or "Strawberry Summer." Which of those is not a real Shirley oh, Long film? Man, oh, Again, man. Okay. two of them are.
1: I know. Oh, and we're watching no. them
0: all this Christmas.
1: It's one or three. Which one? is I'm going
0: to put a back-to-back marathon of all of these films. For <laughs>
1: Don't you dare! That's so mean.
0: <laughs> no princess switch for you um, this Christmas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with "Strawberry Summer."
0: Strawberry Summer, you did fantastically well. Strawberry Summer is, of course, the story where music teacher Beth Ah. Landon puts herself on the line when she invites world-famous country-singing one-hit wonder Jason Keith (laughs) to perform at her small-town strawberry festival. We've all seen it. We all know that story. We all have the poster (laughs) on our wall growing up. Strawberry Summer from 2012. No, I'm sorry. The way Mama used to make was oh, the fake answer that's there. A good,
1: that's another one I thought was too bad to put out there. Like, there's no way
0: falling you did in very love well. with the girl next door. Sure, is a terrible title for this film.
1: Do you have you seen the one on Netflix that's Falling in Love to Ends? <laughs> of course. Like, the have in... <laughs> I seen it?
0: No. Have I seen the relentless commercials for the it? Relentless. Yes, I have.
1: Relentless. Hey, you like Princess Switch? You want to watch <laughs> this? No. Stop judging me.
0: Falling in Love with the Girl Next Door. The story is uh, Mark... We have names in this, Tracy, for some reason. Mark Lucas and Teresa Connolly fall in love, but their overbearing mothers ruin their wedding plans and possibly their future together. Here's the thing about that film. It has kind of a great cast. Patrick Duffy, Patty Duke... Ken Marino, Patty who we just watched in an episode of Grey's Anatomy. Yes, <laughs> and, of <laughs> Everyone's course, in Grey's famous Anatomy. to everyone else, of course, for Party Down, Veronica Mars, and, and sure, many many sure. other things. But yes, with yes. Hot American Summer, but famous yeah. to you from that one episode of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, where he's and the
1: manager who gets shot at. Yeah. Bruce
0: Boxleitner from Babylon Five. Oh, also from yeah. Tron, most notably. And Tron, yes. sure. Uh, so that is our which one of these movies is fake wow. game. It had a different well name done, when we started sir. this round, but here we are. I, yeah, wow. two out of four. I think that's I think that's respectable.
1: Well, thank you. And as yeah. I say, I
0: will queue up I all mean, of those it's films. Still for a you. failing
1: grade, I feel like, but that's okay. I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> you know
0: what? This is a film about embracing the failing grade. <laughs> so, having pretty thoroughly talked about Shelly Long, mm-hmm. let's move on to the rest of our cast. We should probably talk a little about Jackie Earl Haley, who plays Dave in this film who gets Tom Cruise this job. Apparently they were friends. They were kicking really? around LA at the time. Yeah. He's a child star from Bad News Bears. Elizabeth, explain to me, an ignorant foreigner, what is a Bad News Bear?
1: A Bad News Bear is, I, I, I think, a baseball team, maybe a softball team, and they're not good. This What's is his name? Kid Movies? Kevin Ritter? Is that a person? No. John Ritter. John Ritter. Yes. <laughs> John Ritter is there. He is a threes company?
0: Yes. He's an eight Three's company. Rules.
1: Yes. Threes Company guy yes. is the coach. And I think it's kind of like did you ever see Little Giants with.
0: Seymour from Rick Moranis. (laughs) Moranis. The names, they are eluding us. Listen. Is now a good time, some 30 minutes into this recording, to point out that we are recording this at night with wine?
1: This is an evening podcast with wine. We had to. It was a bad, bad, bad movie.
0: This was not our usual format.
1: Not uh, our usual format. Usually we're bright eyed, bushy tailed at my waking hour of 11 (laughs) a.m. Yeah,
0: around noon 15. (laughs) Yes. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Alistair has been going for four or five hours and is on his third cup of coffee, uh, and now, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm coming off of a night at work behind the bar, and we're sipping a little wine, talking about sex comedies. So Why not? Maybe a slightly different vibe today.
0: That's what I'm hoping for,
1: <laughs> right? So Jackie
0: Earl Haley begins as a child actor and then takes this interesting turn into playing uh, twisted monsters and anti heroes. He is Rorschach in Zack Snyder's Watchman film. Oh. He is in Tim Burton's Dark Shadows. He's an excellent villain in the short-lived but awesome Amazon adaptation of The Tick starring oh, Peter Serafinowicz. Yeah. He plays the terror in The Tick. He's okay. great in that. Do I always, always unfailingly get his name confused with Haley Joel Osment? Yes, I do. Oh,
1: sure. Very different
0: people. Very. Very different actors for sure. Mm. But an interesting presence nonetheless. I see what he is going for in this film. It's and Jerry And he Lewis. is going for it as hard as he possibly can. Yeah. It is out of step with the rest of the film. Yeah. And it is pretty definitively my least favorite thing about this movie. Awful. Yeah.
1: I feel like also he gets more screen time than Tom Cruise. Is that just because he's so odious that every minute feels like two
0: minutes? no i think it's because he's the impediment right he's he's the obstacle he's the complicating factor the story mm. of tom cruise the story of not tom cruise the story woody of woody <laughs> goes to tijuana <laughs> and has a lovely respectful time and then comes home safe and sound
1: okay that's not enough. a movie no we need someone
0: to cause trouble and and say the phrase spanish fly about 38 times <sighs> we'll get into that in just a few minutes john stockwell plays spider The same year as Losing It, Stockwell appears in John Carpenter's adaptation of Stephen King's Christine. In 1986, he will appear alongside Cruise again, this time in Top Gun. Oh, shit. He's in Top Gun. Who he's is he? in Top Gun. He's Cougar in Top Gun. OK. Yeah.
1: Well, I look forward to that. All he right.
0: continues to act through the 90s into the early 2000s, where he pivots to directing mostly action movies starring former MMA fighters or professional wrestlers. Sure. He does okay. a couple of like WWE branded films. He mm. works with Dave Bautista at one point. He's, okay. he's kind of found a niche for himself in action movies in the 2000s. John P. Navin plays Wendell. He bounces around TV through the 1980s. His last credit is in 1993. He is most famous, though, for appearing in the aforementioned first episode of Cheers. He is, in fact, no way. the first guest to come to the bar in Cheers, really? asking Sam for a beer off of a fake ID
1: sure which we
0: can only speculate is how he met shally long <laughs> either they met on the set of cheers and then accidentally worked on this film together or vice versa i have no idea <laughs> that episode airs september 30th 1982 and was presumably shot the week before because that's how network television was in the 1980s that though is not where we know john p Navin jr
1: yeah where do i know him from you know I
0: you know him from playing Derek in Taps. You know him from being the I don't want to <gasps> die kid. He was the I
1: don't want to die kid. the I don't want to die kid He was so Taps. heartbreaking.
0: And now he's back.
1: Oh my God, as Wendell the Wimp. Being that is just so weird. just a shitty weird. little capitalist. <laughs> he, wow. Weird turn. Interesting.
0: So that's our core cast. It's an interesting dynamic, I think, that's established very early on. It's Curious that at this point, we, we are about next week to watch Risky Business.
1: Which I'm looking forward to. i that I've is never going to
0: it. establish Tom Cruise's cool for the next decade.
1: Yeah, he still hasn't been to cool be- yet.
0: Well, no, and that I think is is it takes a leap of imagination to get him there. uh, No, Steve Randall's not cool. Steve Randall's troubling. Yes, you're right. He's not distressing. Yeah, Yeah. you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, interventionary care. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But that is the film that establishes his cool. It's so interesting to see him here cast in this very straight laced, augee shucks. Yeah, I was going to say
1: conservative, but not conservative like politics. Conservative like I button my polo shirt all the way to the neck. Yeah.
0: He is embodying, you know, American youth here, mm-hmm. but he's not doing it with that dose of rebellious no. cool.
1: In fact, he's got this jacket in the movie that I associate with dads.
0: That crazy windbreaker jacket. That yeah, he has. no.
1: Yeah. So it's a khaki jacket, and on the inside is red and blue plaid. Yeah, my dad had like two of them. Grow, I've seen them on dads all over the place. I don't. <laughs> I wonder if that's a transcontinental thing. Did, was that in Scotland? Have you seen? this No, it's before? not a design that
0: I recognize. I wonder. But it, yeah. it does read as like you know middle class fancy. I would be very like, curious if people were yeah. like, I know
1: exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, but the khaki jackets with the red and blue plaid on the inside, and they're so thin and yeah.
0: It's curiously wholesome, right? It, yeah. it's an oddly wholesome all-american performance. It's going to be interesting watching him in Risky Business which shares of course so much DNA with this film because it's about a young man losing his virginity. It's about oh, sex I workers, didn't know that. it's about yeah, it's okay. it's weird that these two films are back to back except of course they weren't back to back because Risky Business was shot the preceding year. This is the middle film because we're taking wide theatrical releases in Tom Cruise's amazing 1983 But this film has been in the can for almost a year by the time it comes out. Wild. It aired, as we mentioned earlier, back in 1982 at a film festival in South Carolina. So here it's slotting right into the middle of his miracle 1983 with the Outsiders, parens, losing it in the middle and then uh, Risky Business at the end of the year. Okay. So let's get into it and try to give what I hope will be a fairly brief breakdown of a film that just doesn't have a lot going on. No. We open in a montage of the boys waking up, neat and tidy Woody, gross Sinatra wannabe Dave, and dirt poor Spider. Woody pulls his money from a hidden copy of Lolita, which he's hiding for reasons which I don't (laughs) understand. Had no one on the set read Lolita? Lolita is not a smutty book, you guys. I know, yeah. It is not a dirty book. It is a life-changing piece of incredible prose. It's Uh not in any way like arousing or titillating. Dave's hidden playboy makes much more sense, I think. Uh, And Spider just steals from his mom's purse because that's, I guess, the thread that we're trying to establish for Spider is that he's just poor.
1: I even missed that. So this movie was very hard to pay attention to. Like, it was my whole job to sit down and watch this movie, and I struggled to keep watching it.
0: All of this is accompanied by the worst song that we have had. Oh, my God.
1: Oh, my God. And we just talked about how bad we just about Stay day gold. gold was. Yep. It was awful. But this Losing It song is just knife shockingly, to the ears. It's real, real bad. bad. We yeah. get it
0: in its entirety here at the open of the oh. film and again oh. at the close of the film over the oh. credits. It's yeah. so terrible. At school, the fourth of these three musketeers reveals that he can't go with them, but Dave gets the money anyway from his capitalist brother Wendell on the condition that Wendell goes with them. We learn kind of organically through all of this that they are crossing the border they are going to Tijuana they are going to lose their virginities yes slash by fireworks but
1: slash really, fireworks for when really yeah it's
0: about the virginities <laughs> except for spider who wants to see a donkey show
1: yes spider wants to see... I thought that donkey show might mean something that I didn't I know I
0: think it means exactly what you suspected it okay. means
1: okay you
0: see that I find so interesting mm-hmm. because obviously I didn't grow up here I didn't grow up with stories of Tijuana. We didn't grow up in California either. One of us, yeah. I was so we didn't grow say, up with stories of Tijuana. Pretty far
1: from that, yeah. And yet, for me to get to the border, I have to go through all of Texas, all the way right? down, and that's and not that's worth like, anyone's
0: time. Really. No, that's yeah. that's
1: a long ass drive. <laughs> that's like twelve hours.
0: The stories of Tijuana have only arrived to me, kind of mediated through the popular culture. The sure. stories of drunken excess, yeah. yeah, right, of it being a place where Americans go to unleash their id uh, to just completely throw off the shackles of society. The notion of the donkey show being this awful kind of almost parodic in its excess symptom of American depravity and decline, right? Mm -hmm. The idea that, that you would cross the border in order to witness this thing, which is untenable by the standards of your shared society that it's exoticizing, it's animalizing, it's it's bestializing, literally bestializing this other culture and presenting it in the most gross and exploitative way for your own enjoyment. And it's all predicated on American economic superiority.
1: Sure. And, and just tourism.
0: There is, of course, a huge, ugly conversation to be had about racism. Oh, God. Home. Yeah. It's yeah. not that we're not wanting to talk about it, you guys. It's just that we're trying to save it until closer to the end when we have more evidence that we can deploy in the in the prosecution of this film. Woody gets in trouble with his girlfriend, as you mentioned, of because course. she just doesn't understand why he can't wait. And that's a great question, yeah, because he doesn't seem very enthusiastic about the whole thing. It is never clear to me why Woody goes to Tijuana in the first place. Yeah, he doesn't seem to have any personal motivation. He no. doesn't have. It's any unclear kind of why any
1: it. of them are friends, though.
0: Well, also that, yes.
1: There's no actual connection or affection between any of them. But
0: this is the paper-thin plot that carries us through the average teen sex comedy. It just is because it is. It is so that we can set up this this string of pearls plot where it's just incident after incident after incident Mm -hmm. with the thinnest of threads connecting all of them. After some illuminating schoolyard conversation about sexual health, courtesy of Dave, Spider gets in a fight outside the school and is given detention. So clearly that means that he can't go and it was great being introduced to his character, but oh, no, wait, he's just going to go. He's just
1: going to go anyway. I guess sure. he's sure. going to
0: run across the football field pursued oh, by everyone. <laughs> and and then, then we get another fence flip. Flip over the fence. It's impressive. Swayze style. It is impressive. Yeah. We, can't that. we
1: just saw Derry do that in The Outsiders. And much more move. importantly,
0: we've introduced the main character of this film, a 1957 Chevrolet Bel Air.
1: She's so pretty.
0: This car is gorgeous. Beautiful <laughs> this car. This car is unstoppable. Beautiful. It is literally the only thing about Dave's character that makes sense is that yeah. he is so invested in this gorgeous car. Beautiful car. Ah.
1: Yeah, yeah. with the fins. Ah, 57 Chevy Bel Air. That's it's it. nice.
0: At a nearby convenience store, the boys take advantage of a public fight between the owners to shoplift snacks, because they're... Just good just protagonists, kids. yeah. Just, just getting, getting you really combos and kids. snowballs, yeah. yeah. Kathy storms out, pursued by her husband, and after driving the store's truck into the side of the building, she climbs into the car with the boys. And she
1: climbs on Tom Cruise's lap, and it's sure flipping does. adorable. That was actually really this cute. This
0: is what I'm saying: yeah. is that Shelly Long and Tom Cruise, yeah, kind of work mostly in kind this. Of, fa- Again, of. grading on the hardest of curves here. Mm. But they kind of work. I think she's genuinely terrific. I don't find her nervy energy as off-putting as you do. Oh, okay. I find her to be quite engaging and comedic. It's mm-hmm. not my favorite thing in the world. Sure. But, but I still think she's, she's pretty self-possessed. It's theatrical in a really interesting Very. way, too. And yes, climbing into the car, climbing onto Tom Cruise's lap, declaring that she is going to Tijuana.
1: I'm going to Tijuana.
0: For a Mexican divorce. (laughs) Mexican divorces, by the way. Is that real? Yes.
1: They were really treating it like it was a real thing. Real things. Absolutely.
0: Prior to 1970, because the states required a long process and most importantly, most states required proof of fault. So you couldn't just unilaterally declare that you were getting divorced. Lots of people would go down into Tijuana sign the papers, come back, submit the appropriate paperwork, and then they would be divorced. Is
1: that the reason that this movie is set in 65? Because I couldn't figure out why they would spend so much more money to make it a period piece. Well, but I, I guess mean,
0: they barely spent enough money to make it a period. I, barely, piece. anyway. So and like I said, it was so many anachronisms, so many in the sets and so in the details, many. Yeah. and that's
1: why I was like, "What year is it?" I have no idea. In the trailer, you're right, game. though. Yeah. You're right.
0: Yeah, no, 65 does allow for the uh, for that the Mexican divorce. It. Yeah, to be true, according to a list that I found online, celebrities who took advantage of the Mexican divorce in real life include Charlie Chaplin, Marilyn Monroe, Jane Mansfield, Johnny Carson, Stanley Kubrick. Wow! And my all-time crush, Elizabeth Montgomery from Bewitched. <laughs> For whom wow. I still hold the torch to this day. Okay. On the road, Kathy realizes that the boys stole from her store, but she doesn't care. In line at the border, we establish one of the runners that will preoccupy the film, as we've already mentioned, the existence of Spanish Fly, a oh. rumored legendary aphrodisiac, which does not exist. No. Which? Well, I mean kind of exists in as much as things that are called Spanish fly are used in herbal medicine and folk remedy all around the world, actually. But there is no singular legendary panty dropping aphrodisiac known as Spanish fly. The grossness of this. It's gross. Again, we'll have more opportunity to talk about it as we move forward. The boys drop off Kathy at the divorce attorney, but they are then tailed by a cop and pulled over. He checks out the car. He warns them that their brake light is out. Spider tries to bribe him, which nearly goes very badly. The cop gives him a warning and then goes on his way. I like this actor a great deal, particularly in this scene.
1: No, I completely agree. I I said in the trailer game that he reminded me of Pedro Pascal. And he really does. Yeah, he's great.
0: He then turns into such a gross caricature of a character by the time we get to the end of the film. Yeah, But
1: everybody has at that
0: point. But in this moment, I'm thinking, oh, wait, no, this is a film about idiot Americans who are going into Mexico, and they're about to be shown what's what.
1: There did seem to be a little bit of that. I I did feel like there were moments where there there was certainly a lot of, oh, these Americans are idiots, but they just keep giving us money because they're dumb. This
0: is the problem about this film. It is also the film's great redemption, I think, as much as this film has a redemption. This is a film about extremely stupid racists, Made by some pretty stupid racists. Yeah,
1: yeah. This is, but not as racist as the racists that they're writing about. Exactly. So then they
0: come out looking. So they think almost that they're woke. okay. No. This is a film about gross, gross misogynists. Yes. Written by some guys who are kind of misogynist. <laughs> yeah. And you know that's the double standard at the heart of this film. It's it is condemning these idiot boys yeah woody accepted it is condemning these idiot boys it is condemning wendell for his gross capitalist exploitation of these mexican people and the mexican economy it is absolutely condemning him but not enough and not with enough intelligence to realize that they themselves are falling into the same trap they are themselves exploiting these characters as depicted this wasn't of course shot in mexico this was shot on the american side of the border so you know make of that depiction what you will in exactly the same way as Dave is there to grossly exploit the women and, and again, some of the, the economic interactions of this Mexican town, mm-hmm. while the movie is also being kind of rankly misogynistic, while it's it's yeah. being extremely negative about sex work, while it's parading these women as though they are objects to be gawked at. In just the grossest, shallowest way. Although
1: I would say that the the women and the sex workers came out a lot cleaner than the pimps. The pimps looked gross all the way through, whereas the women looked like they were at work. You know what I mean? So I I, I found that to be not nearly as shockingly bad as I expected it to be, frankly.
0: Sure. No, and I think that that's fair. I think that there is something to that because... We
1: even get a hooker with a heart of gold.
0: Wow, God, which is just kind of a gross... Stereotype. That's it's, exactly yeah, what I'm talking no, about, right? Yeah. We're not going to respect these no. sex workers as people, but we are going to do the best possible version of a hooker of trope. trope. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Yeah. It is, you know, grading on a curve. It is just definitely digging yourself out yes. of the ditch. I will say that this film does have, in certain moments, a wonderful way with dialogue. There are certain lines I in this film so? I do not often but there are uh, occasionally lines in this film that are gorgeously composed. We're about to get one when Kathy goes to complete the divorce paperwork and the attorney advises her to return home immediately and says, quote, your emotions are too delicate at this moment for this uncouth place. And that's such, it's such a lovely line and Hmm. it's such a lovely delivery. And it's so genuinely good. It's Hmm. so genuinely like wise and generous and it's not racialized. It's not ethnicized. It's not, you know, some old Mexican guy giving wisdom because he's an old Mexican guy and we're kind of yeah. glamorizing the other, you know? He's not giving sagacity because he is not like us. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just it's a guy still... who's seen this. It's just a professional who's yeah. like, I've seen this before.
1: It does read misogynistic though and patriarchal.
0: It's certainly patriarchal. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I believe that it's at least patriarchal with a good intent and much more than that. I'm not even arguing in defense of- you know, the substance of the line, as mm-hmm. much as I'm arguing in defense of the the writing of that line. In sure. fact, we're going to circle back around to that in just a moment because the boys walk downtown when they're called to from a balcony. They take into sights. Woody is kind of adorably abashed through this whole thing, which yes. is really lovely. The locals are selling cherry bombs and fake watches and switchblades. And of course, women.
1: Check off switchblade, though. They, ha- they gave that switchblade so much screen time and such a shot where it was like right in the foreground yep. and you had Woody looking horrified behind it. I was—I wrote down, check off switchblade, and I was ready for it to come back. Yeah. And it does not come back.
0: Just like we were expecting the knife and The Outsiders to come back. <laughs> it doesn't come back. <laughs> it doesn't come back. I'm <laughs> waiting for the Tom Cruise movie where a knife comes back. It's going to happen. <laughs> I don't remember him being in Crocodile Dundee, but he might be in it and we'll have to check to make sure.
1: <laughs> no, that's a knife.
0: The boys slip sure. into a, a strip club. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I'm just that breezing right so past sorry, it right thanks, now. Thanks. And this is another one of these lines. This is the guy outside. This turns into a bit of a runner. This turns into a repeated joke. The mm-hmm. guy outside the strip club who ha- says, "You have my word as a gentleman." We have the filthiest, juiciest girls in Tijuana. Yes. You have my word as a gentleman. Is yes. such a great line. <laughs> yeah. The specificity of filthiest, juiciest. Yeah. And, and you have my word as a gentleman. Yeah. No, you're right. That was good. Uh,
1: and, and we get we come back to that too when Kathy comes. We do. Yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm.
0: the quietest place in Tijuana. You have my word as a gentleman. <laughs> There are moments in that which remind me of a, of a vastly superior film, Robert Zemeckis's Romancing the Stone. There's oh, something sure. about Shelley Long being out of her depth in Tijuana mm-hmm. that reminds me of Joan Wilder out of her depth in, in Romancing the Stone. Sure. Inside the strip club, the boys are joined in a booth by three women and are led upstairs for a classic bait and switch. Yep. They are disappointed that these women aren't as hot as the ones downstairs, which is just gross. Yeah, it, it, it is gross. But also
1: it's, again, just not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Like As soon as we went up there, I thought for sure it was going to be like bad, fake teeth and just the worst Oh, that going to be
0: even more exaggerated yes, than it is. Yes. yes.
1: And not only was it not, but every all the women up there just looked bored. Yeah. Which yeah. I appreciated. You know what I mean?
0: Which is, I think, one of these moments where the film is kind of challenging itself. It's kind of my underlying thesis is mm-hmm. that this film is bad in every way that it is trivially and observably bad, mm-hmm. but that maybe under the surface it is at least trying to do something.
1: Maybe, maybe. It's funny. Dave calls her the blonde, although it's such an yes. ashy blonde that looks like a gray wig, right? <laughs> yes. yes, but with the big tits is canonically then that this this uh, the, this woman. I believe that's how she's listed upstairs. on the IMDb. Yes, yes. I'm yes. sure it is. Yes, but <laughs> she's great. <laughs> she just keeps on trying to charge him more, and he keeps on trying to like negotiate with her, which is
0: so gross it's so terrible and the camera obviously understands that this oh, is terrible oh absolutely the camera understands absolutely
1: understands when 100%. Spider
0: takes the other woman back to the room and then leaves to go and get his condom and then return because God knows we're just going to spend 15 minutes yeah. having doors opening and closed in of this course. building he finally returns and said I forgot my rubber and she said did you remember your dick yeah <laughs> all of these women are given great lines and great. none of them are really presented as the butt of the joke Not except at all. by you no, know the, the boys the are the butt of the joke the entire mise en scene of the film like the entire structure yeah. of the film makes them the butt of the joke Yeah. but in the specifics if you're paying attention they're actually kind of no they're the, more they're just, just professional right? yeah. yeah
1: they're just professional just pro yeah uh, dave has this whole thing about how big his cock is so therefore he should have to it oh, should be less Lord. And so she was like, "Oh, for that big a cock, I charge more." <laughs> yeah. Jumping from ten dollars <laughs> to fifteen. Like, oh, I can't wait to do this. I swear I'm going to make you come. And she's like, five more dollars, and I come." <laughs> I was like, "She's terrific." It's I, pretty yeah, good writing. It's great.
0: Yeah. It's pretty smart, and yeah. and kind of belongs in a different film. Yeah. Yeah. The guy in the room, by the way, as we're moving through here, we have all three of the boys interrupting the Marine who is going to be a repeated thorn in their sides for the rest sure. of the film. That is Rick Rosevich, who will also show up. He
1: did look familiar.
0: He will also show up in Top Gun.
1: Okay. <laughs> <Weirdly>. All right. <laughs>
0: yeah. Sure. Looking exactly. I mean, it's only right? three years, but still, he will only look exactly.
1: three years until Top Gun?
0: This is the thing about Tom Cruise's ascent. That is It is insane. so rapid. Insane. The gulf from this film to Risky Business is going to be astonishing. You're wow. going to get whiplash watching these two okay. films. Okay. Woody Three loses years. his nerve in a very sweet scene. The scene that he has with yes. the woman is actually really lovely. <laughs> uh, yes, you're I right. I think
1: you're very pretty, ma'am.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he is properly cute, right? Like, he is. Oh, he's he is. Properly he's Properly lovely in this film, I think.
1: He, he is. It's interesting because they don't know how to shoot him yet he gets one movie star close-up yeah the first one you're like there he is that's tom cruise
0: he doesn't know his angles either his physicality is not quite he hasn't figured it out he doesn't have the right relationship with the camera yet but he's gonna have that figured out too pretty soon Mm -hmm. yeah woody and spider meet in the bar woody realizes that he left his jacket upstairs but he's embarrassed and he doesn't want to go get it and spider makes fun of him Outside, meanwhile, Kathy has been walking the streets. She throws her wedding ring into the fountain, only for the locals to try to fish it out. Ugh, In awful nobody's scene. No one finds No one comes out. Good. No one she comes out good. splashes it's back awful. into the water to fight them for it. And it then disappears from the proceeding. Yeah. Okay. Did I she ever find it? I don't know. She ha- no, she does find okay. it. She comes out victorious. It doesn't play any further part in the film, except that presumably we're glad that she has it when she is reunited with her husband at the Why end of the movie. Why is she
1: reunited with her husband at the end of the movie, though? They were so unhappy, and also he was cheating on her all the time.
0: Well, you know, she cheated on him, and by the morals of 1983. No, no I, I'm I saying know yes, what you're saying. I'm understanding uh, you, and I agree with you. Thank you. <laughs> but this film clearly believes, oh, no, that's equivalence. Yes. Although, I will say, to Rex. jump all the way ahead to the end of the film, mm. the turn of Shelly Long just kissing Tom Cruise right in front of her in husband, full view of her husband. I love it. Was that. nice. That was you're right. That, that is was an nice. incredibly strong. And then for she her. gives
1: him like this little peck on the cheek, which is, oh, good to
0: see you, babe. <laughs> it's so it's good because she that was good. Has with with Cruise the first kiss. It's a full on the mouth kiss, but it's yep. brief. It's it's relatively chaste. Mm-hmm. They break and then she comes back for more, and it's a full. You know, yeah, it's a full kiss.
1: It's, and I wrote down: Is Tom Cruise a good kisser? Because he's
0: it's, no. He, in other future films, spoilers for the rest of right? this podcast, no. he is a weirdly he's robotic kisser. He's a weird kisser, kisser right? Yes. that he looked that like a good
1: kisser in this. In
0: our personal timeline, we noticed yes. that most recently in the Mission Impossible films. Yes. But he's a great kisser in this film. It sure looks that I way. I absolutely buy their chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. So through a series of misadventures, Kathy winds up at the same bar as the boys. She sits mm-hmm. down with Woody and with Spider, only to be interrupted by the Holler of Dave's orgasm from oh, upstairs. Yeah. A oh, yeah. the piano was,
1: player guy who's terrible and wow. racist. Yeah. Awful.
0: All of this body incidentalism terrible. is just the worst. Yeah.
1: yeah. Also the world's worst looking margarita. She orders a margarita. <laughs> I know that I'm a bartender and I'm sensitive to these things, but she orders a margarita. The guy says, yeah, of course. And then turns on a blender. A blender that is already full. A blender that's already full of everything but ice. He does not add ice. He just blends it. He pours it into a coop and hands it to her. It's weird and frothy. She pretends to enjoy it. I don't know, y'all. People don't know what drinks are, I guess. It's fine. <laughs> this is a big problem I have as a filmmaker and as a film watcher who is also a bartender is once you start watching drinks on TV, you're just like thrown out of it don't and movies it. in general. Yeah. Like, yeah. why is the wine hot magenta in every film? Why? Or in TV shows, especially in films, usually the wine is a little bit better. But look at ice cubes, weird fake mm-hmm. ice cubes or no ice at all and drinks that obviously should have ice. It's all terrible. The famous continuity I understand.
0: The famous empty Starbucks coffee cups. Empty, that clearly empty have coffee no cups. Weight at empty all.
1: coffee cups. Oh, it's awful.
0: So terrible. So Spider tries to hit on Kathy and she's <sighs> great and he's the worst. He's the worst. And he Bates Woody into a fight. Fun- I want to talk about Spider. Let, let's kind of disentangle Spider's awful, awful narrative. Like, Dave is obviously the worst character. He is yeah. the most contemptible character. Yeah. Spider has the worst storyline in this film. And Yes, I want and I would say he's a worse character out, even. Yeah, What what is it? What What is this kid's deal? He comes from a poor background. He's stealing. He, we see that from his bedroom where right. he's clearly sharing the room with at least one brother. He yeah. steals money from his mom's purse for the road trip to Tijuana Mm -hmm. in the first place. He is clearly like big man on campus. He's the cool guy at school. He's the one who was going to Mexico, not to lose his virginity, but because, you know, a little variety is good. Yeah, He is preoccupied by the notion of the donkey show. He is violent. He separates himself from his friends and goes off into the night. He winds up in violent altercation, eventually gets thrown into prison, where he winds up in more violent altercation, he is released because of the work of Shelley Long and Tom Cruise. Yeah. He is saved by the ma- machinations of his friends and doesn't at any point like redeem himself except for finally at the border crossing.
1: A little bit. Yeah. Is
0: just Is just sleazy enough that he gets the guard to impound their car. Yeah. What is this story?
1: I, I don't know. I, I, I think that you ought not to go looking. I think that no one is working very hard in this story.
0: Well, would that it were so simple, Elizabeth, but you know my condition. I, know, I have to try and figure out I know, and, I know, and you can try, try but and... I'm
1: just here to tell you, I don't think
0: there's any there there. Well, except that Spider maybe falls into a different genre of film, that he maybe falls into something that is more of a cautionary tale right? We also get, around the time that we're getting teen sex comedies, we also get these stories about teenagers who go off the rails and are caught up in violence and in aggression and in crime. And then there's blood and parents weeping at the end. And Mm -hmm. it's supposed to instill a kind of moral rectitude in the teenage population. Is that what Spider is? Is he just, is he an escapee from another film, from another kind of film that is about the dangers of this kind of nonsense?
1: I like that as a working theory. I don't think that the screenplay thought hard about anything. I know that that's not a satisfying answer, especially for someone who so wants to figure everything out, which I love and respect about you so much. But I'm telling you, sometimes things are just bad and the no, people who I understand. write them I understand. Yeah. don't care.
0: No, I, I and I do get that. It's just that it seems so intentional. And so you know what it is? It's that it's so out of step. With the rest of the film, that's Had interesting because I been... felt
1: that Dave was the one that was out of step. I felt that Dave was the one who was in such a weird farce.
0: But that's the sex comedy, right? That is the, yeah, the, like yeah. the farcical elements, the the rebounding from incident to incident, mm-hmm. the gathering of momentum. It doesn't completely work in a traditional fashion in this yeah. film because we've what is the what is the 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 tripartite construction for bifurcated? We have trifurcated. <laughs> We have trifurcated this (laughs) storyline that feels satisfying. I'm pretty sure it's not right, but it feels good at this point in the proceedings. We trifurcate this (laughs) storyline. And we're clearly doing the good hearted version with. I think you mean fornicate. That's what they're doing. (laughs) Sorry, you're absolutely right. Yes, we did not go down to Tijuana to trifurcate. I will rein this in. We will return to the joys of this plot. (laughs) Wendell, meanwhile, is trying to buy an armory. Wendell,
1: who I had completely forgotten about. And sure. then suddenly he comes back up again. I was like, oh, yeah, they brought the kid. He's going to buy fireworks.
0: Trying to buy an armory's worth of explosives. Yeah. Uh, calling out the guy for selling fake watches. It's so weird, but it is also so little brother in a 1980s sitcom. Yes. It is like, yeah. it feels I think it's a good like performance, too. family you like ties him? or feels. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, I think this kid is actually He's good. really cute and yeah. does a great job with it. Yeah. He meets up again with Dave, who has decided that the only way that he can become worse is by buying the legendary Spanish fly. Oh yeah. In order to, you know, drug women and have no consensual sex with them. Exactly. There's a scene. Oh no,
1: it's super consensual now because they just want it
0: so bad. Oh, it's just the it's just it's the And awful. I know, but this is I understand that the film understands that this is the worst, but it's still the worst. It's still the worst, yeah. You don't get a pass for self-awareness. You Mm -hmm. cannot just point at your terrible deeds and say, oh yeah, I knew I was doing that. Mm. And expect-
1: Well, Wendell calls him out on being terrible. And then of course the girl that he drugs, the brother comes. Exactly right. right. That's about where we are, right? I'm sorry, I'm skipping ahead. We have first the scene
0: in the pharmacy where the pharmacist pulls the shotgun on him, which is at least you know a little gratifying. Mm -hmm. We then have the extended sequence with the cab driver who was promising him again in a a pickup of a runner that's already been established, the best Spanish fly in town. It's grim stuff. But then we have the grimmest thing in the entire film, which is Tom Cruise and Shelley Long sitting on an overlook over this little Tented area mm-hmm. where it's some kind of open air bar it's some yeah, kind of something it's some kind of awesome place. yeah no all of that is fantastic they're drinking she's tequila. teaching him yeah she is how does she teach him to drink tequila
1: backwards she backwards. teaches him wrong she absolutely she does. teaches him wrong she says lime lime drink tequila salt, salt. and that's not how it goes folks what? i'm here to train you in the right ways it is salt, tequila, lime. Everyone knows this, including Shelly Long, apparently, who after doing all of this shakes her head and bites the lime because that's what you do last. And I'm sure there was water in the tequila bottle, but it was just muscle memory at that point.
0: Are we supposed to understand that the film has got tequila so wrong? Like is I don't this know. a product of Alistair, an ignorant script? Listen. Well, <laughs> let me do, you know, let me let me let me weave my magic. Let me weave these silken threads into a tapestry of narrative. In which we can understand that Shelley Long has actually, we know that she has never had sex with anyone else. She's had a fairly sheltered life. Maybe, she Maybe know about she's tequila. just Maybe wrong. Maybe she thought that was an excellent margarita. And I'm going to tell you, if that is the beat, if that is really what this film is doing, where she is wrong, but is wants to be like such an authority for Tom the Cruise. The
1: sophisticated older of woman. Of course.
0: She has that line, right? I yes, suppose you think does. I'm a sophisticated older woman. I'm not.
1: I'm not. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. You know what? Maybe
0: excise this scene from this film uh-huh. and make people watch it and they will want to see the rest of this film it yes, is
1: just the scene it's just this scene so is charming lovely. no the scene is lovely i
0: agree at the CD bar spider gets in a fight with the marine from the brothel starting a brawl the cop from before shows up Aww. Chekhov's cop here firing his weapon into the air at this point by the way i still really like this guy Yes. At this point, he immediately identifies that Spider is the one that is causing trouble. He immediately handcuffs him. He immediately arrests him. I'm in it for this guy. I'm waiting for some great reversal in our expectation of this narrative. Dave, meanwhile, tries to drug the young woman. And while waiting for the Spanish fly to take effect, accidentally confesses his crime to the girl's brother he is then dragged away for an unnecessary sequence in a junkyard in the jail. Spider is bullied by a local tough who then beats the hell out of him, which is just confirming this implicit urban mythic narrative about like Tijuana and about Tijuana sure. jails in particular jails. Yeah. and about how brutal they are, you know, and, and again, the depiction of quote unquote Mexico in this film is abhorrent
1: yes i agree i just had a completely separate thought if you'll go with me for a second i absolutely what if the alternative movie for losing it was another movie in which 50s boys go to mexico and go to a mexican jail what if it's all the pretty horses that's not fun but it's so beautiful it's such a good movie
0: I have already, this month, watched The Outsiders at your long and gentle insistence. Mm-hmm. Now you want me to watch All the Pretty Horses, your other favorite thing of all time?
1: <laughs> it's one of my favorite. At your gentle favorites. and loving insistence. It's one, and we could, watch, we, we, could, we could read the book, too. We could. I'm just saying. You know,
0: I'm not against, in, uh, by any means, watching All the Pretty Horses. Mm-hmm. It's been on our list for forever.
1: It is one of my favorite instances of adaptation. Sure. To try to adapt Cormac McCarthy is, I think, a special and interesting challenge and the way in which, hold with me for a second, Billy Bob Thornton is the director. Interesting. But the ways in which he does it, I find really fascinating and, and actually satisfying.
0: I'm absolutely open to the possibility of watching All the Pretty Horses. Mm-hmm. I would like, you know, academically, uh, you know, to, to, to kind of fulfill the the taxonomic requirement of this film and uh-huh. find a good teen sex comedy. But yes. honestly, I'm not sure that there is, is a there good one? teen sex comedy. Yeah, I'm open to suggestions and listeners, if you would like to take part in this process, we are talking about a poll for the bonus episode in November where we will present for your vote four candidates. If you would like to cast your vote, if you would like to tell Mm -hmm. us which movie we absolutely have to watch, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash last star pod. Woody and Kathy at this point, having seen Spider's arrest, or at least having seen him pass by in the police car. Go to talk to the cop who tells him that Spider could be in prison for years, quote, because he pissed me off. And that was when I put my head in my hands. <laughs> because we're not doing a good story about a virtuous police officer in Tijuana. No. We're doing the tired, yeah. exhausted old story. It's true. About it's true. how bribable the Mexican police
1: are. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The Marines from the bar, meanwhile, descend on Spider in the jail and begin to beat him up again, only for the aforementioned local tough, this guy who, sure. who takes control of the jail cell, to defend Spider and beat them up in return. Dave, meanwhile, is suspended by a hook in the junkyard. The yeah. girl's brother threatens That's to- That's what you do when
1: someone sips your sister drugs. Of course. You take them hey. to the junkyard and you Completely attach fair. their belt to a winch Yes, and you hoist them into the air.
0: And then through the judicious application of a blowtorch, yeah. threaten to castrate them.
1: Yes. I do like the threaten to castrate. That that one's obvious. Like that <laughs> is Dave's what you specifically, do. Yeah, no, specifically, I mean, for, virtuous yeah. You know, somebody slips drugs to your sister because they want to, you know, take advantage sure. of her. Like yeah. that's threatened castration is what you do. The silliness is high. It's way, way up there. It's hovering. It's Over hovering them. 20 feet in the air, suspended by its
0: belt with a blowtorch beneath it. It was a higher order of of physicality yes. than I had expected from a film who, that honestly has struggled to communicate any physicality at all. Like The fight scenes are so flat and yeah. so just basically theatrically choreographed yeah. that now suddenly we have a full-on stunt and now we're going to have a car chase.
1: <laughs> yes, with Wendell driving. It's
0: like <laughs> Curtis Hansen believed that he had far less money for this film than he Mm -hmm. actually had and then had to spend it all in like the last three days yeah wendell does as you mentioned manage to escape and steal the guy's car he rescues dave and they smash through the fence they all meet back at dave's car which this whole time has been receiving a brand new upholstery
1: yeah is that what what do they call tuck and roll a
0: A tuck and roll yes this is a new leather upholstery which looks gorgeous beautiful I have completely lost patience with the subplot because of how many times we go back to this joke about them stuffing the seats with horse With manure. horse
1: shit, who cares? Yeah, it's I don't just know. It's
0: the worst, flattest, nothingest kind of yes. joke. The only time that that works for me, by the way, in this film, which loves telling jokes and then circling back to them again and again and again, mm-hmm. is when Dave originally tells the story about the guy who gives his girlfriend Spanish fly yes. to try and arouse her. Uh-huh. Leaves her in the car, comes back and finds her on the gear shift, dead. Right. Tom Cruise, Woody, anticipates the punchline to that right. joke, to which Dave responds very smoothly. I will say, oh, you knew that guy? <laughs> which is, that's a classic setup. That's a good joke. That's good. When we later are in the cab searching for the place to buy Spanish fly in Tijuana, mm-hmm. the cab driver tells him exactly the same joke. Yes. As an as urban, a, as, woman, as, as a right. real story. Mm-hmm. Yes. I like that. There is, there is, I will fight it. There is some good writing In this script. Okay, okay. It's so hard to find, but so precious when you find it.
1: I love how you find the good and everything. (laughs) I really do.
0: God knows I am trying. (laughs) When Dave and Wendell arrive back at their car, however, they learn that Woody has promised to deliver it to the cop in exchange for Spider's release from jail. We've Uh just given him the biggest bribe possible. And what we took to be a really nice scene at the beginning was just presaging this Mm. typical Mexican corruption. You know how these Mexican cops are. It's just, it's so tawdry. It's so unrewarding, particularly when we're standing right next to the guy who has done the upholstery job, the tuck-and-roll job on the car, who seems like such a nice guy, (laughs) who is just living his life taking money from American idiots as they come into town. Yes, There's an alternate version of the story that is told from a different POV Mm -hmm. by different writers with different filmmakers and mostly a completely different cast that I find rather charming.
1: Have you seen Ituma Matambian?
0: I haven't. No, that is on my big, like, worthy, worthy Oscars list.
1: That's another yeah. interesting one to put side by side with this one. Like, what's an actual good movie? But it's, like, 16, 17-year-old boys. Mm. I believe, if I recall correctly, that they're also road tripping to get laid. Oh, really? I think so. They certainly end end up getting laid. Spoilers. So, <laughs> But it's very sexualized. Like, Interesting. Yeah. I remember... Uh, well, I won't spoil it for you.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, interesting. That might make so it on our list. It,
1: it, it should maybe make the list. Perhaps I we'll think see. this is
0: going to be your choice. You're going to have to choose between <laughs> several of your darlings to compose it's a real this vote choice here. for our yeah, patrons at yeah. the end of this month. Okay. Dave refuses to give up the car, and anyway, in, in a bewildering series of twists and turns, <laughs> things deteriorate so fast that we end up assaulting the cop, blowing up his car with fireworks, <laughs> yes. and fleeing from Tijuana, chased by the guys from the junkyard, the Marines who have been released from prison, and the cop. There's a chase. It's a chase. Yeah. There's a chase.
1: But also it doesn't matter because the cop can just break out of handcuffs. First, he breaks the dining table into smithereens and then magically has broken out of the handcuffs as well. Oh,
0: we must note, too. that. But then he
1: gets in the car to drive away and just decides <laughs> to keep the bag of blowing up fireworks next to him instead of throwing it out the window. You know, and at this point, I just don't know what anything as as is or what it means anymore. As long as you avert your eyes
0: from Mexican firecrackers, you'll be fine. It's uh, not a problem at all. Terrible. It really is indicative of how far this movie goes off the rails, that by this point, even with our low expectations, even with our defeated spirits, we are still disappointed by the end of this film. (laughs) Yes. Amidst all of this, Shelley Long manages to see her husband going into a bar. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because he's also in Tijuana. And apparently she takes from that, that he has gone to Tijuana to blow off some steam. She's not thrilled about it. She doesn't mm-hmm. believe for a second that he's looking for her. Which spoilers he is, or at least that's what he that's says what he when says. he comes back to yeah. the border. Mm-hmm. Yes, at the border, Spider tries the reverse psychology on the border guards. Hey, just so you know, if you find anything in this car, I'm not with these guys. <laughs> that is a great line. It is, it is a great solution to this puzzle. Yes, it is a really nice bit of character work. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's a belated high point. But yep. there we go. It's true. And then we just move through these odd epilogues as. We are strip searched in customs. Kathy is reunited with Larry, who it turns out was looking for her all night down in Tijuana. We have that great kiss with Woody, which I would defend. Mm -hmm. i defend it too. You don't have to defend it against me. Kathy returns to her married life. Ew. And we're happy about it, question mark? Ew. We don't really do enough to land her transformation by her time in Tijuana, but that's Mm -hmm. a different kind of story. Sure. And isn't perhaps exactly where our narrative focus is, but it wouldn't have been out of place it wouldn't mm-hmm. have been it wouldn't have. the film would not have suffered if we had had that additional reassurance that she had been changed by her experiences with woody that night by her experiences of sure the world i mean i do like to night. think
1: that she'll stand up for herself more and have just more confidence i think so like, too yeah, yeah i mean she i mean we a very handsome young man <laughs>
0: filling that in a little bit but <laughs> <We> yeah <are. laughs> yeah and she is at this point we should note 12 years older than tom cruise mm-hmm. that's the age difference in real life oh right? in real life sure it must be more Well, I don't know. I don't know how old Shelley Long is supposed to be playing, but Tom Cruise is clearly supposed to be a high schooler still, so (laughs) that's where we are with that. We get a couple of great (laughs) shots of the boys driving home along the PCH, these great helicopter shots of the Pacific Coastal Highway, which is just I mean, try. Go there. Try and make it look ugly. I bet you can't. (laughs) And then we end up in this diner where the Marines are again, and we close out on a stupid fight. Sure, why not? And that's blessedly
1: (laughs) the end the end of this film
0: losing it so elizabeth do you have any closing (laughs) thoughts it is racist it is misogynistic it is rankly disrespectful to sex workers it is rankly disrespectful to almost everyone in this film basically everyone yeah it celebrates while seeking to decry the american cultural and economic domination of not just mexico but particularly these border towns which Mm -hmm. exist in this This liminal state between their native countries. You know, Mm -hmm. it is a place that exists in order to be exploited. We give voice to that in the film, which is insanely frustrating. Yeah. That the film recognizes that that is what we are doing. It's what happens in real life. It's what the film is seeking to depict. But it is also crucially what the film is doing. Yeah. And the production (laughs) team seems blind to that final irony. We are doing exactly the thing that we are setting out to criticize or to satirize or at least to use as a background for silly hijinks. And I'm not comfortable with that kind of lack of self-awareness, that kind of self-deception, that active Mm self-deception.
1: Well, the good news is I can't imagine any modern person watching this movie on purpose.
0: No, and we did send out on our social media platforms a stern (laughs) warning saying, hey, don't worry about it. Don't. You guys... We've got this for you. (laughs) If this breakdown sounds like it might be a film that you want to watch, I might just take the time to edit a couple of the Shelley Long Tom Cruise scenes and put them up on YouTube.
1: This is what I think that we should do for these weird ones. Yeah. For Endless Love, for this, is just have on the website just a couple of like the, the scenes that were standout for us. We thought this is the reason why you watch this movie. Otherwise, don't watch this movie.
0: Well, it wouldn't be... A last star in Hollywood podcast. If I hadn't just accidentally given myself another six hours of work to do, that.
1: <laughs> I will undertake
0: this task willingly for you, the last star in Hollywood audience. We have to obey a certain formality now, and I do hmm. find this a little tricky. We have to put this movie on the big list. We have to put this movie on the list of every Tom. You Chris find this movie. tricky? I do. Why? This film is reprehensible. Uh huh. But it is imperfectly reprehensible, and it is elevated in odd moments. There's nothing in Endless Love that is as sweet or as good or as true or as genuine as Woody and Kathy's relationship relationship quote unquote as their scenes together
1: oh in this film. no i don't think so i think that first act of endless love I'm, had some really sweet lovely things
0: happening i'm gonna be completely transparent i uh, think this goes last on the list oh, and good. my gut is this goes dead last on the dead, list and will probably stay there last. until the end of it time it must
1: stay there forever i cannot imagine if there but... is another movie that comes in six months from now and kicks this one up to two i'm Maybe gonna cry about Suspicious it. Suspicious like, of
0: collateral, you think the collateral is gonna be?
1: <laughs> I have no idea. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. This is what this is a movie that I would have absolutely turned off and stopped watching if I didn't have to.
0: At the same time, endless love has a bad heart. Endless love. Endless love does ends a bad heart. in a way that is not at all okay. Yes. In a way that while losing it is no. probably a worse movie
1: worse movie though and that's for me it's the it's a list of of, of films of movies like that's why we gave outsiders a pass over TAPS, right?
0: I do think that's fair. Actually, you're yeah. right. We're, we're seeing a real symmetry there. And again, my yeah. gut instinct is dead last on the list. I just want to run the question. I just want to you know, yeah. put this everything is... on the table so that we can be sure that the, it, this rigorous and scientific academic process right. in which we're engaged
1: <laughs> can be
0: published one day. Exactly. You know, we, we really need to to check our sources
1: here. <laughs> Absolutely. Dead last on the uh, list. Dead last. Dead last on dead last. the list. There she Losing goes. Losing it.
0: You lost it. That is it. Thank you guys so much for listening through. You know, all of this. Thank you so much for (laughs) heading over to patreon.com slash last star pod for pledging your support. Thank you in advance for heading over to iTunes, to Google Podcasts, to wherever you listen to podcasts and leaving a thumbs up, a five star rating, a friendly review, whatever you are inclined to give us in the wake of this discussion. (laughs) Maybe think about last week's show. Maybe think about next week's show. Yes, you know what? It only
1: goes up from here.
0: (laughs) It really does, because next week... We're going to be talking about Cruz's fifth movie, his second starring role, his third movie to be released wide in 1983, and the movie that resurrected Ray Bans as a brand. Here we go. We're going to be talking about Paul Brickman's teen comedy, Risky Business. It is streaming on Paramount Plus. It's available to buy, to rent from the usual places. We hope that you watch this one. Honestly, do watch this one. It's pretty good.
1: (laughs) I haven't seen it before and I'm really excited.
0: I cannot wait to watch it with you. It's going to be such a blast. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks.